0: Welcome to Thanks, it's the trauma, where I, Dr. Alyssa, and my friend Nikki discuss everything you wanted to know about trauma, and maybe even some things you didn't. All right, we're back at it with a really light topic: suicide. <laughs> the lightest of topics. Yeah. Um. For well, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna talk about our own experiences. Um, you know, with other folks, uh, and their suicidality, um, maybe talk about some of our own feelings around some of that and anything else that comes up today. So let's do it.
1: <laughs>
0: At least we can laugh through <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> information. I mean,
0: I don't Oh uh, yeah. Know yeah. Yeah. Where do you so want to Nick, start? You- yeah you've been uh, around <laughs> the, the suicide world i don't know how it, you've been around uh, the, a lot lots of folks really who've who've had close experiences with people who've mm-hmm. died by suicide um can you talk some about your experience with that what that's been like yeah. um yeah what sticks out for you so i
1: um have worked with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for almost eight years, I think. Um, and I really took on the side of the lost survivor. They call them lost survivors, someone who's lost someone to suicide because I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of immersed in that part of it was, I think ended up being just part of my healing and, and, mm-hmm. um, the journey through it. And then the other part of it was to soothe this mental health, (laughs) this want to like be part of mental health. And I thought that volunteering would soothe that. And then it didn't. And so then I decided to spend a lot of money and go to grad school, but (laughs) I'm not over that yet. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Um, And then uh, along the way, you know, I learned a lot about being a survivor of suicide, what survivors of suicide go through, what they what they think they need, what they expect from mental health providers, um, the constant guilt, the constant blame. Um, there's even within suicide sur- loss survivors, the type of loss kind of, there's kind of a pecking order to that even, like people mm-hmm. who have lost children Like they're Mm -hmm. at the top, you know, they're you're never going to experience what they experienced if you lost like a sibling or, you know, and I'm not demeaning any of those things. But it's like they are always the ones that seem to have the hardest time to recover, heal, talk, be around, you know. Um, And then I started facilitating survivor loss support groups. So Mm -hmm. with lost survivors once a week um for two almost two hours in, a night and you learn a lot.
0: You learn a lot. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what are some of the things like if you could say like two things that you've really taken away from your eight years of experience in those circles, like what what what, what are like two of the biggest things that are takeaways?
1: Um two of the biggest takeaways are you cannot there's truly nothing you can say that's going to make it better there's nothing that you can say to someone who's walking in for the first time who doesn't want to be part of this group who can't believe they're part of this group don't know how they got here there's nothing you can say you almost just sit in silence because there are no words Um, And there's a lot of tears and sometimes there's hugging and there's handholding. And that's really all you can do is just be with them in that and know that, look, we're all here for the same reason. Mm. The other thing is, um, the other side of all that grief is sometimes you watch people come over and over and over to group. And one day they walk in however many months, years, weeks, whatever it is. And they are a different person, and they they have turned this corner where they're they're still grieving, they're just not grieving um, inwardly, I guess. They're now going to grieve and advocate. They're going to find their place in how to make this this change in mental health, um, gun laws, whatever it is. You know, they're going to find their place, and it may not be publicly. It may be just, you know, inwardly for them, but you can see it happen. And it's like, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I didn't think it was true, but I watched it happen several
0: times. Which I feel like is what happened with you though, too, right? Like, so do you want to share what experience led you to those groups?
1: Yeah. I lost my mother in 1999 to suicide and, um, you know, we never talked about mental health, we didn't talk we and then we did not say the suicide word, we didn't we just didn't share those things, you know, not even with each other, much less publicly. But when she died, there was that was almost twenty three, twenty four years ago. It's like there were no major resources. Um, you yeah. know. I did go to a support group that a woman started and I just cried the whole time because I never grieved. I just, you just don't grieve. Like you just, you shove that all down and you're not allowed to, and everyone wants you to be okay. So you just act like you're okay. Um, And it was never safe to just grieve. Mm -hmm. So at some point I think that's when I found AFSP was like, I'm going to, this has to stop being, my gr- just my grief this has to be like mm. there has to be something else like yeah. she, she didn't just die in vain like there has to be something else yeah. and i think that's yeah. where it happened and it continued to happen like i i look back at the first time i went to an afsp walk to now and it's like it's such a different different set of feelings emotions growth change all of that yeah, yeah your cool. own purpose has changed yeah. Yeah. And you have been through the same thing.
0: Yeah, in a in a such a different way. Um, but yeah, when I was, gosh, it was in 2013 that uh, a very good friend of mine who was actually in my doc program with me he was in my PhD program uh, he was a counselor and he was a pastor Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, which are not necessarily protective factors Mm -hmm. Um, he was deeply depressed because he was in the middle of a divorce and um, and and I knew he was depressed all we all knew he was depressed and we kept urging him to go to therapy which is so ironic as a group of therapists, as and him as a therapist, we couldn't get him into therapy. But then he was like sort of agreeing to it, and somebody was going to take him, and we were all mm-hmm. trying to take care of him. And then to one day get the call, right, like that he had died, um, and it was completely like it, you know, completely derailed uh, mm-hmm. things for. a bit and i remember to your point of like people want you to be okay right like i went we i went to his funeral and i was a disaster they had his Mm -hmm. fucking computer that he always covered up the the uh, (laughs) camera with a cardboard piece of cardboard and just fucking taped it on there like oh the uh, you know the government's not going to see me, <laughs> you, fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, they had his his fucking tape, cardboard taped up computer, and his hat that he always wore at his funeral. And I lost it, and I was gone for the rest oh. of the time. I was just sobbing and sobbing. And then afterward, my group of therapist friends, right? Like we all knew him. We all went to lunch, and I was still mm-hmm. crying because. Yeah. because it's the you know previous reason and a couple of the my therapist friends were like are you okay and i was like no are <laughs> you right right like what the fuck it's bizarre even my therapist friends because they weren't in the therapy space right, right. like they're in the space of like this is my friend who's crying a lot and uh, yeah. I, I don't know she keeps crying is she okay? No, I was not okay. And so yeah, I was like, really not okay. But I think what was different for me, what was um, different in my experience, and I don't know if uh, other people can relate to this or not, but I did not feel like it was my fault. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I hear a lot from mm-hmm. people that they like feel like they should have done something different. Like the survivor's guilt kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, There was a part of me that was mad at him for dying. Like, and that part didn't stay around very long, but that was, that was around for a little bit, but mostly I was just really, really sad that my friend was gone. You know, yeah. it was just like yeah. deeply sad. And, you know, I really wish that he didn't have access to a firearm for sure. Yeah, uh, He shouldn't. Yeah. And actually yeah. the police had, had had it for a little while before. So. Yeah. You know that
1: uh, Na- now is that Tennessee? Where is it? Hold on. Nationally firearms are in 2021 firearms accounted for over 50, almost 55% of all suicide deaths. So, wow. wow. In Tennessee, it's 52%.
0: And you just wonder, like, how much of that is impulsive, right? Like, you you know, like, I I have access to it. It's right here. Let's Mm -hmm. just do it. Mm -hmm. Versus the more, like, thought out, planned, you know, like, come to peace with. I mean, Mm -hmm. not that that's, I don't know that any is better for anybody who's left behind. But you just wonder if it would curb some of the impulsive, you know, um, decisions that can be made. If I don't think
1: there's access. anything that makes it easier. Like I've met people who have children who have attempted multiple times and they still didn't see it coming. History yeah. of mental illness in and out of hospitals still didn't see it coming. There are people, including me, who had notes left behind. That doesn't make it better. You know, it's like, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. nothing makes it better. The why is always going to be there. And that's just the harder, that's just, I mean, and like you, I didn't, I didn't get mad at my mom. I wasn't upset. I wasn't carrying guilt because I knew why she did it, you know, and I knew who was to blame. And um, if, if anyone was to blame, I mean, she made a choice. I know that, but there was a source of what led to this and it was not, you can have some anger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Uh I was, I was still, I'm still. That's a, that's one I don't know that I'll ever let go of, but um, you know, and then, but there are so many people who, like I said, didn't see it coming. They blame themselves because they should have done better. They should have known they've known this person all their life or, or they've known them many years and and they should have known that they were
0: acting different or they,
1: you know, and it's like, you just can't Mm -hmm. because when someone hides it, they hide it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you're saying, like, even if you know that somebody has a history of suicidality, they haven't died before. So like, you just sort of think they're not going to. Um, But yeah, I mean, this, this kind of loss can be and often is pretty traumatic, you know, Mm -hmm. and like you were saying that I mean in essence there are a variety of different types of traumas you can experience from this kind of loss it can be from the loss itself right it can be from having to see certain things Mm -hmm. can be its own or like if you're present um, or if you're the person who finds the person who's Mm -hmm. died by suicide you know there's lots of different types of of traumas that can be connected to this Right.
1: Oh, I yeah, you know, you know sucks. this. I one hundred percent dissociated. Uh, there's so much that I didn't remember that were just like gaps of time. Like, how did I get from here mm-hmm. to here? It, in, in in like numbers of years sometimes, like you know, yeah. and i we even yeah. talked about this. We were texting about I was reading the um Bruce Perry Oprah book about trauma. Yeah. and um I remember texting you like this the, the it was blowing my mind. It was also deeply painful because I was like, when I had my first child, I had only, my mom had only been dead a year and I was definitely Mm -hmm. not, oh, you know, not anywhere near healing. Um, And I was completely dissociated. I was not present. I I don't know what kind of stress level and grief level I was at. And that poor baby I had, you know, I was trying to nurture a baby and, I don't know that I did. And there's parts of, there's a lot of his first year that I don't remember. And that's sad, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is really sad. It's sad for you. And that's sad for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and it also just fucking sucks because it's like, it's not anything that you did that got Mm -hmm. you to that point. It's not anything that he did, you know? No, I know. It's, just a, a victim of circumstances, you know? Right, right. Which fucking
1: sucks. Yeah. How do you handle
0: suicidal clients? Yeah, that is like, I think one of the biggest fears of therapists in in general mm-hmm. is the idea that uh, someday we may deal with a client or, or multiple clients over the years uh, dying by suicide. And so, yeah, the fear... Uh, especially when you first start out, I think the fear is really Mm -hmm. intense. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a scary thing. Like, obviously, safety planning is super important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when somebody is like, I want to die, I have a plan, you know, I have access to that. That's a terrifying thing. And like, the thing is, the thing that sucks about our society this is one there's a few uh, you know. um, <laughs> that's a different it, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of trauma um, is that you know we have made the hospital system part of this capitalist system mm-hmm. right so going to the hospital Is not super helpful if we're being like I'm not saying it's not going to help at all. Like they're going to put you on medications that are going to make you not want to die. That's good. Mm -hmm. Like thumbs up, good job. That's about it, right? Um, Right. And it you got to take time away from, you know, your 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 job, your Mm -hmm. loved ones, your you know, and and be in like a really sterile environment. And I I hate that about like that. That's the answer. If somebody's like super, you know, suicidal. And we need to get them help. And, you know, all the all the boxes are checked of, like, concerns. That's where they're going to go. Um, right. And I think a lot of people try to avoid saying certain things to avoid going mm-hmm, to the hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's where I do think, like, finding what are the protective factors, right? Like, what is it that's kept you alive this long? Mm-hmm. What is it that is going to help keep you alive so that, you know, we can get to a place where we feel better, you know, because I don't want to who wants to stay alive just to feel terrible and want to not be here all the time. Right. So like, we want to find ways to, to, to want to be here. And, and, you know, so I, I would say, you know, like really good safety planning is super important for me. I really try to do everything that I can to keep people out of the hospital because I, you know, I mean, I've definitely had clients who've had just good experiences or fine experiences with, with the hospital, but it's not an ideal right. system. Cool. Um, and those socks are really not comfortable. You know, I've had a few <laughs> surgeries. I've you a, didn't you know, keep them and
1: keep wearing them all winter. Uh,
0: I think I kept one after my, my, I got my tubes taken out after that surgery as a joke. I kept the, <laughs> the grippy socks, <laughs> but they are not comfy. You know what, you know what I'm else saying? aren't
1: comfy, and you don't get hmm. these in that situation. But like you know, the mesh underwear that they give you. Oh yeah,
0: they <laughs> yeah. Like, I definitely did not take those home. <laughs> I think I was so uncomfortable after giving birth. I don't even know if I fully noticed how uncomfortable <laughs> those were. I stick an like, ice packs in them. Sticking <laughs> ice ice packs I and mean, my own things in place. <laughs> <laughs> They worked. All right. Yeah, Those that in like, the grippy
1: socks. Those are the
0: things I remember. Like variation. <laughs> like, Deviation. It's really humiliating. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, um. But yeah, so I, you know, I, I think the best way that I try to help clients is by, you know, helping them move through healing and move through you know, the moment of feeling that bad so that they feel okay enough to be here and like really try to find solid support systems. And like, usually those things work. Um, I thankfully have never had a client die by suicide. And I've been doing this for 14 years. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's just a reflection of like me, myself, I'm not like the superhero, not to say like tomorrow. Oh my god! Mm. I hope not. But, <laughs> uh, oh my god! Uh, I don't even <laughs> knock on wood, but I'm ready to knock on wood. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it could happen to it could happen to any therapist. Um, and I've had I've had supervisees that I've had this happen to. Um, but thankfully, I haven't experienced that. I've have lost clients other ways, just other causes. But that's um, like a really terrifying thing. Yeah. Do You remember
1: when that happened? To one of my support group people Mm, and I felt that was probably one of the ones where I felt like extremely guilty like we had Mm. no clue yeah why didn't I check on him more um why didn't we know he knew he knew all this you know he'd been coming to group for over a year and it was like god that one was that was Sometimes I still can't talk about that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. talk too deep about that one. But I remember yeah. calling you just like, A-ha. like
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was just like, and then on top of it, my co-facilitator, who was kind of senior, had been doing it longer than me, was out on like a medical leave. And right. I was doing yeah. all the groups. And I had yeah. to tell all the groups and no. that I think that is what actually yeah, did it was <laughs> not yeah. so much even just the suicide, but then the having to be the, the one who told three sets of people.
0: Okay. Which if we're honest, that is another form of trauma, Trauma, this, right? Is having to, having to inform People that somebody died and that somebody died in this way, somebody that they care about died right. in this way. Right. After they've already experienced this kind of loss, ah, yeah. Okay. yeah, terrible. That's awful. it was
1: like trying to figure out the right words, how to say this, how to sequence it, how to then what.
0: You know, it was yeah. like
1: I'm not made for this.
0: <laughs> like I'm not. Well, like, for nobody, this. nobody is right. Like oh. nobody has the power to fix that whatever that yeah, means. means you know what I mean yeah. there's no wand waving which I really thought going into grad school I was going to get a wand <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't mean a literal I'm wand, still looking for my really, <laughs> I really was like they've got secret sauce you know yeah. what I mean like they've got the secret thing that's gonna make things change in some scary secret way back no we don't have anything we're I mean we got some things but you know them you can search yeah. them on the internet they're not that <laughs> hard to find I'll tell, you. I'll tell you what they are <laughs> I'll tell I'm you what the words are you gotta look up <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not gonna be sneaky about it I'll tell you literally the therapies I'm doing um but yeah yeah no so I think I mean I think you know like we're just people and so mm. we're just trying to do our best yeah you so what is it like for you oh yeah
1: you mentioned something you know going to the hospital and taking yeah. time off of work and that you know i saw something a long time ago and everyone so passes in my instagram about suicide prevention and i don't know how you feel about this but it always gets me yeah. but suicide prevention is more than like the hotline number and you know it's housing it's food sources it's healthcare, yeah. it's you know yeah, Making sure people are factors. getting, yes, g- getting paid enough, job security, yes. you know, all those absolutely. things, child care, yes. like, mm-hmm. and so then when you think about someone who attempts, has to stay in the hospital for three three days, loses mm-hmm. pay, goes back with stigma, now the office is looking at him weird, are they going to punish him there in some way, you know, and then it's like, mm-hmm. you just added more stressors, you didn't so help much. this person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's where right, at least right now, like that's where the community can like fill that gap as much as possible, which we all have, everybody's got stressors on them. So like trying yeah. to help fill the needs of other people can be really hard, but that's where our own support systems can be yeah. really important. But yeah, no, we should change this thing about our society for sure. <laughs> it's uh, so much.
1: Anyways, what is. were you going to say?
0: What is it like for you as a new therapist? To be thinking through these, you know, things like to be concerned about your clients. To, you know, think about this stuff in that way. Yeah, prevention scares me,
1: and that's weird to say. Prevention scares me. Suicide loss survivors do not scare me. Like mm-hmm. They like the prevention part scares me because what if I can't? But then I go back to like, yeah. there's a saying in AFSP postvention is prevention so if i'm working with survivors teaching them ways to cope grieve maybe i'm stopping them from doing the same thing because yeah. they can't cope or grieve you know
0: yeah. um, and, and what is do you know what the percentage is of the likelihood of of attempting suicide following being a survivor oh of suicide i wish i did it's high it, it, i, I don't know so, it all yeah. i I've heard it over over the years, just that, like, yeah. it, we certainly know that somebody who's experienced a suicide loss of somebody that they care about is more likely to mm-hmm. die by suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I find it, but I know, I can't
1: think yeah. of it, but I know it's high because it's like, wow, that's a yeah. big
0: number. Yeah. 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 But, so it's scarier yeah, sitting with people who scary. are suicidal. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It scares me to... it. You know, I did all those trainings on prevention and how to talk to someone who is suicidal and tells you I've got pills or I've got a gun or I've got a plan. Or... Those were hard trainings for me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, even just opening up yeah. the conversation, it's like, are you okay? You know, like you ask the dumbest right. questions. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a tiny bit better. Like, my kids were teenagers when we were going through the divorce and one of my sons yeah. was obviously anxious and depressed and i would just walk yeah. in his room and i'd be like are you feeling like you want to hurt yourself do you want to kill yourself do you want to die are you thinking about it like yeah. blunt as ever yeah and i wasn't ever scared that i was going to put that in his head he knew yes. that i was a trusted Absolutely. person so he was it right. was just different but would i say that it to just be anybody horrifying. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it should be that I have yeah. to ask a 16 year old that, but I mean, he was going through stuff. Yeah. We were going through stuff. Yeah.
0: Which is, yeah, bring up an important point in that, too, in that a lot of people are afraid to to plant a thought in someone else's Mm -hmm. head when in reality, if they're already thinking it, Mm -hmm. they're fucking thinking it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like skirting the question, isn't helping anything again, being direct and and being able to say like, are you thinking about hurting yourself? Are you thinking about, you know, dying? I really want to be able to help if you are, Uh, because it's not like we don't have the awareness that suicide exists. You know what I mean? Like, yeah yeah and we're and
1: and are they doing things already that are cries for help and we're ignoring them so maybe they want you to ask that
0: question right yeah yeah Yeah. it's important to talk about it can i tell Mm -hmm. you a completely inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're made
1: for on this podcast
0: (laughs) yes please okay this is completely (laughs) inappropriate And also I'm telling on myself, this has nothing to do like with a client. It just (laughs) so happens that I was in that environment, but I was working in community mental health. And one of the questions on uh, the intake paperwork, well, that you ask the person when Mm -hmm. you're in the room with them is if they've known anybody who's died by suicide. Um, And if so, how they died, which is interesting, but uh, it was a question we asked everyone. And so I get the answer from a client. And I'm typing in, and I'm the only one who can see the computer. Uncle shit himself. <laughs> Uncle shit. what? Shit, shit himself. himself. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I meant to write that he shot himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I had, I. it was such an inappropriate thing that I had to stifle the laughter because <laughs> the, the, the dark dark laughter of the fact that I just wrote uncle shit himself because it just it was like why would I write that you know what I mean but it was yeah it was it was a moment
1: yeah I mean but those are the things the dark humor oh my god
0: in the middle of trauma (laughs) absolutely yes yeah I was like you cannot you can and you know those moments where you're like you can't laugh in this moment it makes you be like oh my god
1: no I really gotta laugh
0: don't laugh because if this is not funny but the fact that i accidentally wrote this <laughs> brain says funny uh,
1: my so. phone just auto corrects to shit now all the time when i'm trying that's to type nice. shot
0: or yeah it just does that yeah. for me that's beautiful yeah <laughs> that's that's nice yeah i was able to change where it doesn't say ducking anymore,
1: anymore.
0: <laughs> yes we do it yeah. really knows when yeah. i'm angry <laughs> yeah that's or good that's good emphasis yeah <laughs> all right well do you want to uh, rapid fire give some uh really important resources that people yeah. can write down okay. if they need them um yeah resources. afsp
1: afsp american foundation for suicide prevention they have good prevention education and lots of resources for people who have lost someone to suicide and and good community like they have good community um trevor project is that right trevor project Mm -hmm. um that's for geared towards young adults and teens adolescents to write love on her lgbtq that's right yes and they have a high rate too right lgbtq Mm -hmm. yeah um to write love on her arms that's kind of mental health and prevention at the same time um for Clinicians, more on the clinician therapist side, American Association of Suicidology. I'll put that all in
0: nice job. bit on That's myself or anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My last brain cell for the day. Mm. And then, of course, 988, the hotline, crisis hotline,
0: uh, national hotline. Amazing. Woo! Any others Great you can job. think of? No, but here's the thing. And I asked you earlier if you've ever heard of this, and you said no, and then I didn't tell you what it was. So, um, Nikki, have you ever heard of warm lines? What? (laughs) Okay, warm lines versus hot lines, which, uh, okay, so a a hot line, so a hot line is like 988, right? Like, that's like, you're feeling suicidal, you're afraid you might hurt yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. something like that, you call 988. Uh, But there's warm lines where if you're upset, but you're not suicidal, it's not an emergency situation, it's not appropriate for 988, you call a warm line, and you can go to warmlines.org and see like one in your area that you can call. I fucking know. How cool is that? Because sometimes people are like, yeah, they don't want to take up resources, for other people who are feeling suicidal, right. but they're really upset and need someone to talk to right now, warm line, right? And now your therapist know. Is, I did in, not know una-
1: is unavailable because she's in a session. Correct. She can't
0: answer your messages right now because she pooping, or she's on <laughs> vacation, or <laughs> yeah, she's a person. She's sleeping. Who knows? Or she's with yeah, rolling in the hay. You just don't know what she's doing. Yeah, you li- you never know. <laughs> You just never know. She has a life We're too. We're people. <laughs> she does. She's a person first. I saw. I'm uh, friends with this person on TikTok. Is a therapist. She's the metalhead therapist, and which oh, is awesome. I need to and find her. Health. But she also, I saw her doing, and, and this it was totally appropriately. But I saw her doing a pole dancing thing, and uh, on one of her videos, and she's like, human first. Therapist second. This is something that I really enjoy. And I was like, good for you. Good Aww, for you. I like that. I thought that, that was awesome. I like yeah. That. Yeah. I I'm going to write really that cool. down. Because, anyway. you know, I have to do a final
1: about a lot of things. <laughs> and I can use that quote Human first, Human first. therapist second.
0: Therapist second. All right. <laughs> I'm sitting <laughs> I'm here writing note. it
1: down on a podcast.
0: <laughs> you are doing that. i got yes, to <laughs> <laughs> Time out. Podcasters. People. I mean, I I also wrote down warm now. <laughs> oh,
1: are we? I don't think right you now? understand
0: how a podcast works. We were having class. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! <laughs> hilarious. Mm, All right, okay. Are we did we do it. Do we do the thing? We are done. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Thanks, It's the Trauma. Stick around next time for more trauma. there just got to be a better way to say that.
1: Thanks, It's the Trauma is not a substitute for therapy. If you're in crisis or need help, please reach out to the National Suicide and Crisis Hotline by dialing 988.